Do you think when the Bible says in that wonderful passage, for God so loved the world, do you think he loved knowing what was going to happen 33 years later after Jesus was born, that he was going to have to hang him on a cross? Oh, yeah, folks. You can blame the Romans. You can blame the Jews. You can blame the heathen. You can blame any. But ladies and gentlemen, biblically, God's the one that hung him on that cross. You know why? Because he loved the world so much that he said, I'm willing. I'm willing. I'm not feeling, I'm willing to give my only son. All this time, he's fulfilling love. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Center or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's VLCCAZ.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. This morning, as you can see on the screen, fulfilling love, for He is love. I, I want to do my, my absolute best in putting this message together for this series, I really, we talk about God's love. But can I tell you something? Most of us understand God's love right like that. Oh, I know God loves me. Do you really? Do you really understand what the depths of his love really means? So I'm going to try to do uh, the very best this, this, this human vessel can do to express the inexpressible, teach the unteachable, expound on something that, folks, I've been studying this book for almost 40 years, and I'm not even sure I got a, I got a, a tidbit of it. I think I do okay, but I, you know, I, I read it and it jumps out, of, oh, I'm just... God, how come I didn't see that before? How many have ever read something you didn't see it before? You've read it a hundred times, but you didn't see it. You know, can I tell you why? I'll tell you how God answered me. He said, because you weren't ready to see it. And that's not a negative thing. But God knows the end of our life before the beginning. And he knows when you are ready to see what he needs you to see. Go where you need to go. Do what you need to do. That's one of the things I love about God, and it's in your notes. One of the things that helped you and I to relate to Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, He's been where we've been. He's 
been where we are, and he can relate to us, listen to this, on the basis of humanity. Now, I'm going to take you into a little bit of theological exegesis, okay? Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 to 7 says, Though he was God, though he was God, there's religions and there's Christianity to say that Jesus wasn't really God. Well, let's throw that passage away then. Though he was God, he didn't think equality with God was anything to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privilege. I'm reading the, the, the Living Bible. Different translations will say different things. They, they will say emptied himself, stripped himself. But I'm using the, the Living Bible because I want to I give a picture of this. Though he gave up his divine privileges, emptied himself. That word emptied himself, or that phrase emptied himself, comes from a phrase that we're not real familiar with, but it's a phrase called kenosis. Now, if you are a diet person, they have gotten really big in kenosis these days. The ability of emptying the fat cells from our body. Doesn't sound quite as spiritual right now, does it? But it is something. And they talk about it all the time. But this picture of kenosis, where he emptied himself. Now, I have people say, well, he is God. That's right. Well, he can't just empty. Folks, he's God. He can do whatever he wants to do. Are you okay? His omniscience, I believe, was still intact. His omnipresence, we know, was still intact. He could be multiple places. Not He could leave here and be someplace else. He could walk through walls. His all-knowing ability was still there. But when he walked into the man-suit... When he walked into flesh, he became as vulnerable as you and me. Vulnerable to all of the assaults of the enemy. Are you with me? Well, I'm not sure I can believe that. Folks, if he couldn't, then he could not have paid the price for sin. We're going to get into Hebrews in just a second, but listen to this. He stripped himself of all his divine privileges. And the Bible says he assumed the guise of a slave under the dominion of Satan's kingdom. Who is the God of this world? If you look at your Bible, the Bible says the devil is, Satan is, Lucifer is. Jesus himself said the God of this world. Paul the Apostle talked about the God of this world blinding the eyes of people over and over and over. There was something that had to happen to pay the price for that, and we're going to get into that here in a moment. <clears throat> he was born in the humblest conditions to teenage parents. Think about that. Some of y'all can sit back when think back when you were a teenager having a baby. And you looked at this wonderful gift 
what the heck do I do with it? I mean, that's more of us guys than the gals because there's something that God does in women. Folks, you don't become a, or ladies, you don't become a mom until you have a baby. But you got that motherly instinct that God birthed in you. I got one amen out of that whole thing. I said, God, what do I? So think, about, think about Mary and Joseph. Not only was it a baby, it was the baby. What do I do with this? Born possibly into the lowest scenario on earth. Mary and Joseph had nothing. He stepped out of everything into nothing that you and I could step out of nothing into everything. He left everything. Born to kids who had nothing for one purpose, to give us all things. He stepped from divinity to accept humanity. Let me try to explain this. I'm talking about love fulfilled. Too many believe and sometimes even teach that love is a feeling. Love is an emotion. Psychology teaches this. But you know, the Bible does not teach that love is a feeling or an emotion. Love has feelings. Love has emotions. But the greatest part, biblically speaking, of love is action-oriented. Love, when you read it in Scripture, is a verb. It is a descriptive thing, more than a noun, a feeling, or an emotional thing. You know why many marriages fail? Because they value feelings over dedications, commitments, actions. I can't tell you how many people I have counseled over the years. Pastor Ray has counseled over the years. Our wives have counseled over the years that said, well, I don't know what happened, but someplace we just fell out of love. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. You can't fall into love. You can fall into a bathtub. You can fall into bed, but you can't fall into love. You have to walk into it. You got to decide to accept it. You got to acknowledge I'm willing to take my part to do our part. Am I making any sense? And love is something that usually grows over time. Now don't don't get all looking at me like that. The reality is we learn love. We develop love. We grow in love. Why? Because love for one another grows out of what they do. 
Let me give you a perfect example. Aren't you glad? Or what? Just imagine if Jesus in the garden before Calvary, instead of saying, Father, thy will be done, could you imagine if Jesus would have said, Dad, eh, I'm not feeling it today. Those guys out there, the 12 you gave me, they're sleeping. I'm not feeling the love. I'm fixing to go through the different... Fixing, I'm sorry. I'm preparing. Okay, I can't even say that correct. Preparing. Fixing the southern vernacular for preparation. Okay, anyway. I'm just trying to help us all understand. Okay. He says, I am preparing to go through the most devastating time of my years on this earth. And they're sleeping. I ain't feeling the love. Imagine if Jesus would have went to the Father. How many are glad that love's not based on a feeling at that point? It's wonderful to know that he went to the Father not based on what he felt like doing. You know what he went to the Father? He went to the Father willingly determined to the commitment of love he made before he stepped out of eternity into time. Can somebody say amen? He willingly stepped out of eternity into time because God loved the world. Did God love it because he felt like it? One day, this family's going to send this boy into harm's way. You think they're going to feel like it? Maybe you've lost a child, a parent, a loved one, because they went into harm's way. Did you feel like that? Or did somebody make a commitment to it. You see, folks, when I talk about fulfilling love, I am literally talking about a choice. Feelings are subjective, while choice is objective. Feelings are based just on that, how you're feeling at the time. Objective commitment is based on a decision. That's why in Cal, at Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus says three times, Dad, is there any other way? Nevertheless, I didn't come to take care of my feelings. I didn't come to like or dislike. I came to do your will, my Father. Hebrews tells us that he did everything. In this man's suit, in the flesh, without sin. Let's look at it. Hebrews chapter 4. We have such a great high priest who has gone into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. We have a great high priest who has gone into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Would you read that with me? We have a great high priest who has gone into the heavens, 
Jesus, the Son of God. Now look at me. Before I look at that next line, this is the basis of all the strength that you'll have in your Christian's experience, is you've got to make a decision. I've got to make a decision. He is my great high priest. He is passed into the heaven. He is the Son of God. Because you're going to go through stuff. I'm going to go through stuff. I'm not going to feel love. But love was fulfilled. And the whole time he was here, he was fulfilling love. Are you getting it this morning? Am I making sense about this? So it says in the next line, because we know this, let us hold fast, firmly, this faith, the faith that we profess, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He walked on this earth. He paid a price. See, the passage goes on to say, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. What's he talking about? He knows what you're dealing with because he's been there. Look with this. If he did not step out of his divinity and step in to humanity, this next passage would be a lie. Because the Bible says God cannot be tempted with evil. What's the line say though? Yet he was tempted. Yet he was tempted. The next line, where's it at? Yet he was tempted. There we go. Oh, nope, that's right. You were right. I was wrong. Who has been tempted. I'm sorry, the yellow blue blended in with the other yellow up there. Sorry. We have one who has been tempted in every way. But say these next four words with me. Just as we are. You can't tempt God. So he had to step out of something and into something. Aren't you glad he did it for you? And these next four words are the key. Yet without sin. Fulfilling love. And because of that, folks, this one passage if you are somebody that writes in your Bible, that marks in your Bible, if you will highlight just these two verses, your Christian walk will become so much stronger. Why? Who, what, what does the high priest do? His whole purpose is to intercede for us. When the high priest went into the temple once a year to offer a sacrifice, what was that sacrifice? That sacrifice was for all of the sins of Israel. And the blood of that sacrifice was put on something called a scapegoat. Anybody ever know a scapegoat? Everybody ever was a scapegoat? Where somebody put all of their junk on you? Whether you deserved it or not? Come on, somebody talk to me. Talk back to me here. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Folks, he didn't deserve it. But he became the scapegoat. All of your junk and mine. Look at somebody and say, 
Man, that was a lot of stuff. Was put on him. Therefore, let's go to the next line. Look what it says here. Because of this, we can go to the throne of grace with confidence. Oh, come on. We can go with confidence. You had a mess in your life, didn't you, Daniel? Oh, you were a mess. And you know what? He still gets messy sometimes. Can I tell you something? Cody, any mess in you? Okay, folks, don't follow me around very long. You'll find a mess. What about you? Okay, maybe a little. Okay, anybody here been messy? Folks, I'm talking about since you gave your life to Christ. Anybody here been messy? Okay, look at this. He says, even in your mess, if you come to me, I'll make it a message. Any mess? I'm not. Oh, oh yeah. I look at some of you shaking your head. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. <laughs> Folks, some of us be a mess. But look at this. He took it all, faced it all, dealt with it all, without sin. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't say, I just ain't feeling it today? Because of that, I can be confident. I can go to Dad's throne. And I spend a lot of time at Dad's throne. You know why? I need mercy and grace to help. I am a needy person. Anybody else in the room can say amen? Come on, give him a hand clap of praise, church. I'm thinking this stuff will preach. I'm going to try it too, but I'm already looking at the clock. <laughs> I know all y'all say take the clock off the wall, but when your belly, your belly button starts eating at your backbone, you say, where's that clock? <laughs> Folks, listen to this. Since we have a high priest who has passed into the heavens, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Let us hold firmly to that understanding, to that declaration, to that faith that we believe. The passage goes on to say, for we don't have a high priest who cannot be touched and was not touched with the feelings of our infirmities. The feelings of our infirmities. He, he knows about that feeling. Folks, have you ever, I'm not talking about looking in the mirror and looking ugly. Have you ever just felt ugly? Some of you are sitting in this room today. Pastor, I'm just not feeling it. Nothing irritates me more when people say, well, I just don't feel God's presence. You know why? Because you made a stupid decision to not be in God's presence. Folks, God never goes any place. God, God didn't move. 
Exactly. When we're not feeling God's presence, who moved? It's because we're yielding to something I call stinking thinking. And you know what the Bible tells me to do with that thinking? When I'm not feeling it, I'm supposed to cast down that imagination. And every thought. You know when the Bible says that I'm not feeling it? It says I'm supposed to be walking by faith and not by sight. You know what the Bible says? It says that we have a high priest who is passed into the heaven. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to that understanding that he is ever living to make intercession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was yet likewise tempted in every single area you have to deal with. Can I tell you something? On the cross at Calvary, do you remember Jesus' word? My God, my God. God, why have you forsaken me? Can I tell you something? There was a time where Jesus was separated from the Father and he wasn't feeling God. But he was separated so that you and I don't ever have to be separated. Am I making sense? I'm talking about this message, fulfilling love. The whole time, he was fulfilling love. Do you think when the Bible says in that wonderful passage, for God so loved the world, do you think he loved Knowing what was going to happen 33 years later after Jesus was born, that he was going to have to hang him on a cross? Oh, yeah, folks. You can blame the Romans. You can blame the Jews. You can blame the heathen. You can blame any. But ladies and gentlemen, biblically, God's the one that hung him on that cross. You know why? Because he loved the world so much. That he said, I'm willing. I'm willing. I'm not feeling. I'm willing to give my only son. All this time. He's fulfilling love. You ought to see me when I was putting this message together. <laughs> Man, when God was taking me into this saying, saying, do you really understand what it means when I love you? All the time, he was fulfilling love. He says, he did it without sin. Therefore, because of, I can boldly come and say, God, I need this mess to become a message. I need this trial to become a triumph. I need this problem to become a promise. I, I need this situation to go back on that sacrifice.
This is why, and quickly. This is why, in your notes, the very next line says, Love chose equals peace exposed. Do you know why I can walk in peace even knowing I stumble? Folks, y'all ain't here right now. This is just me and God. You know why I can walk in peace even though I know I stumble? Because he said a righteous man may fall seven times, but I'll uphold him in my righteous right hand. You know why David could confidently hear them say that he is a man after God's own heart, even though he messed up probably more than any man in the Bible? He messed up on purpose more than you and I do on accident. Because he knew whose righteousness he bathed in. He could bathe in peace because he knows the promise of God's love. We can live in complete peace. It's on the screen. We can live in complete peace. It's going to be on the screen. It's supposed to be on the screen. We can live in complete peace. I can see it on that screen. There it is on that screen. In every area. You know why? I'm, I'm glad somebody was able to shout, shout that out. I can live in complete peace in every area. Why? I think we're, we're going to get it by the time I'm done. I can live in complete peace in every area. You know why? You know what the Bible tells me? Even when I'm not faithful, God is. Look at somebody and say, thank God. Even when I, I'm not faithful, God doesn't change. Can I tell you something? You want to, you want to, you okay, I'm sorry. I'm one of those transparent pastors. There's very few of them these days, I guess, but I'm one of them. Can I tell you something? You want to see me mess you up? Just follow me, okay? Follow me. Five minutes, and that's stretching it. Folks, I can say something I didn't mean to say. I can do something I didn't mean to do. Are you okay out there? Is it okay if I be one of those transparent pastors? You see, I t folks, no nail marks. He was without sin. I jacked up. But he is always faithful. He. Oh, that doesn't give us a license to sin. No. No. But he said, when you don't feel it, I'm still there. When the emotions aren't just bubbling, I'm still there. When it feels like hell itself is in the backpack of your life, the only reason I ain't crushed you because I'm still carrying it. 
the next screen, look at it. It's not God's plan for you and me to go through life frustrated and discouraged. We forget that he ever lives to make intercession. We forget that Revelation 12 says the accuser day and night. I'll give you, I'll give you a strength that God taught me a long time ago. He says when the devil's accusing you, just agree with him. You know how to shut down an argument? Agree with them. You're right. I mean, you're agreeing that you did stupid? Yep. Matter of fact, I got a whole drawer of degrees from the College of Stupidity. The bad thing about it is that drawer gets thicker. Agree with the devil. You're right, devil. I did that. I did that. You're right. Man, you got a good memory. I've been trying to forget that. But yes, I did it. And you know what God does? The devil shows up to God, and you see, he admitted it. You know what the father does? He looks at the son and says, son? And Jesus said, forgot all about it. You calorics out there, hang on to your notes, and we'll pick it up next week. I want to do something. I, I didn't come this morning planning to do this. Would you all mind if I sang you a song? Well, I'm glad I got 12 people that said okay. Can you bring this up for me, Bill? Do you have a higher core... Is it got another plug? That's it? Okay, never mind. Jeremy, could you give me some guitar and stuff in there? I, I, I was in the prayer room this morning, and I, as you all know, I spend, every morning I come to church, I spend praying. I'm up every morning at 5, and I'm out on the back porch of my house praying. I come to church, and I, I talk to a lot of people, and I go through a lot of things, just talk, deal with but, but then I, excuse me, and I go back in the prayer room and pray with the intercessory team, and then I leave that team, and I come in here, and I spend some time alone, just me and God. Folks, you never want me not to do that. I, I've, had people, I've had people mad at me. Well, Pastor, you weren't out here so I could talk to you before service. Thank God. Maybe God could show you that he can help you without me. Folks, God doesn't need me. I just have the privilege that he said he wants to use me. And I was... Yeah, could you turn that up for me, Jeremy? The guitars. 
so I can hear it because I can't hear it. I can't hear it at all on the... And I'm in there praying, and, and I you know, was praying about this morning's message and praying over it and praying over it and praying over it. And God said, I want you to tell them a little bit more about my love, and I want you to do it in a song that you haven't sang in a long, long time. So I had to go to my phone and print it out, and oh, yeah, that's the song. And then I had to come up here and practice the chords because I forgot the chords. Is that, can you all hear this okay? Okay, if you could. Can you, there, there you go, that last time you were there. Is that good? Okay. Can you hear the voice okay? I want you to hear the words because everyone in this room, you're going to find yourself in the words of this song. dismayed though it seems like the storms will never end be not afraid though it seems like you haven't got a friend the storms are You don't have to run and hide For the Lord, He's faithful To heal that lonely heart inside And He says these words Peace be still The Father loves you Peace be still Father loves you, and no matter where you've been, where you are or where you've been, be assured He wants you to know He won't let go. How many are with me so far? listen to me this journey we call Christianity no place in the Bible says it's going to be easy this road we're traveling called life nowhere in the Bible does it say it won't be without situation but God said I'll be faithful and I'll be there the whole time you don't have to veer to the left. You don't have to veer to the right. Just trust me. Just trust me. I won't take you where you can't deal with stuff. I won't place you in a place that you cannot get out of. I will always make a way where there seemed to be no way. God said, I'll be faithful. I'll be faithful. No matter how long the journey is or how rough the road becomes. Be 
not dismayed Though it seems like the hurt will never end Be still and know the Father He'll never let you go don't have to run and hide for the Lord he's faithful he'll heal that hurting heart inside peace be still the father loves you peace be still Father loves you, and no matter where you are or where you've been, be assured He wants you to know He won't let go. And no matter where you are or Should he wants you to know he won't let go? How many are glad today? He won't let go. Come on, let him know you're happy today. Let him know you're glad. Jesus won't let go. Come on, give him a hand clap of praise, would you? As the worship team comes. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying really my best to talk to you about God's love. And I, I get a little emotional, I'll get a little this, a little of that. Because folks, I've only been doing this, you know, I've been pastoring about 35 years and I, I've been a Christian a little over 40 years, and that's all I've spent in this book. Folks, I was a Catholic my whole life. You know how many times I opened the Bible as a Catholic? I went to church on Easter and Sunday, Easter and Christmas. I was a C&E Christian, Christmas and Easter. You think I opened the Bible then? Nope. And back when I was still going to Catholic church, they were still speaking in Latin. You think I understood a single word they were saying? Nope. Oh, yeah. But a little over 40 years ago, I gave my life to Christ, and I got into this word. And so if I get a little, a little tender and a little emotional when I talk about God's love, bear with me. I've only really known him for 40-something years. And I haven't known him long enough to fall out of love. Now I want you to hear my statement. If there's a presence problem, it's not a God problem. It's a you problem. Now it's the church. No. 
Now, if a church is preaching heresy or something ungodly, sure. What are you doing there in the first place? But if it's preaching God's Word and it's a presence problem, it's a people problem. My Bible tells me in the book of Revelation, I have something against you. You left your first love. Folks, I'm too in love with him to leave him. Oh, I could, but I ain't. You know why? Because love ain't a feeling. It's a commitment. And 2,000 years ago, he made a commitment to me. Only a fool would not make a commitment to him. Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 630. Join us at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. I'm Joe Harding. From Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Center, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.